right, we are officially live. Um, it takes a few minutes for it to roll over onto our social media platforms. But assalamu alaikum to the Dope Muslim Woman podcast family. Welcome back for yet another episode here at the Dope Muslim Woman podcast. Welcome back for a very special episode as we finalize series one of season three, um, Forgiveness and Redemption. So this is a really powerful episode that I'm about to introduce. As you enter in, please um, give your salams. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Vincent. Assalamu alaikum, Sister Sakina. I can see you guys here on the live. Um, just know that I monitor the lives from the Dope Muslim Woman podcast page as well as the YouTube page. I don't monitor the live from my personal page, FYI. So if you want comments, please jump on to the Dope Muslim Woman podcast page. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you, Saudia. Thank you, Sister Yasmin. Yasmin says she's wishing this episode all the greatness and blessings possible. Mm-hmm. All right. Assalamu alaikum, everybody. I mean, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is your girl, your host, Sabria Mills. Welcome to the Dope Muslim Woman podcast. Today's topic is an intimate discussion between two mothers co-parenting through forgiveness. And we are at a point now where we are finalizing series one, Forgiveness and Redemption. And this one is just so special. I'm a little nervous, so bear with me. (laughs) But I'm going to introduce this lovely lady sitting next to me or outside of me, my twin. We twin today. Um, But I am joined here um, with a phenomenal human being. This sister here holds um, dual degrees in sociology and psychology from Georgia State University. She has over 20 years of experience as a thought leader and client experience for a Fortune 500 company. The biggest accomplishment to date is that she's an amazing mom to four adult children, two grandchildren, and she's had the pleasure of loving Lena, the the darling girl in, in question here, for the past 10 years. I would like to welcome my co mom. Fatima Cortez to the show. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you for being here. How are you today? You can't complain. Life is good. (laughs) Well, you got a shout out from Saudi. I'm going to put it on the screen here. She said, Tima. She sent you some kisses. (laughs) Everybody. Okay. So we know what this discussion um, is. I talked a little bit about it, but you know, we talked about so many different topics, Fatima, on this forgiveness and redemption journey um, this past series, and we covered forgiveness after the divorce. And so both you and I, we know that once you, you get a divorce, it's one of the hardest things ever, right? Um, and once the dust settles and once the parties involved decide to move on, there's a potential for sometimes it to get complicated. Um, new people come, new partners enter into the lives of those that was were once married. And, um, you know, to be honest, it's not always easy. It's a journey. And um, sometimes for those of us that are navigating that journey of being divorced and, and being new moms or just being moms with children, sometimes we have a tendency to look at new women that come into our lives as as that some type of threat or replacement, like they're going to replace us. But a lot of times this is not the case. So you and I are going to discuss this. And just to formally make it very clear, right, Fatima, I was once married to your noun husband. (laughs) And we had a child together that you parent for the past decade. Correct, right? Yes. Okay. Alhamdulillah. All right. So let's get into it. Um, I wanted to just open up with something I wrote. I wrote um, a little mini letter um, to you and I wanted to open up the dialogue right there. Um, It took me um, a minute to write it. It was something I've never said out loud. Um, I said it out loud to you once um, in a personal conversation, but I never said it out loud. So I wanted to just start there and hopefully we can bridge this conversation. But um, Bismillah. So, dear Fatima, as a new mom, I believe, as many other women do, that this child that I was carrying represented everything I had ever strived to be as a woman. I felt like I had finally arrived. I was now a full woman. I could now be everything I dreamed of. 
to be honest, we grow up mother desire and motherhood, and we envision it thousands of times before the birth of our first child. I thought motherhood would be this exhilarating, dreamy experience with me like going through the bushes with the flowers and lilies in the air. <laughs> but it actually turned out to be more anxiety written and I was deeply flawed in the beginning. But I'll be honest with you, one of the scariest experiences I've endured was seeing you ride up in the car as the new ideal mom in the picture. All of my insecurities came to the surface like boiling bubbles come up to the surface of a glimmering silver pot on the stove. And what happens when we feel insecure? We hide, we project, and we desperately seek to control the outcome of every situation until we return to a sense of security. When someone else triggers our own insecurities or, our, or we, we see that our inner negative voice is activated, we may retreat or become unnecessarily avoidant or critical. This was my experience, my journey, and I am deeply regretful for missing out on the bond of sisterhood and the amazing and beautiful village that exists within you. I honor you on this day for engaging in this dialogue and for truly seeing me as a mother just on a journey. Thank you above all else for loving my baby. <laughs> Mashallah. Mashallah. <laughs> How'd that feel? Oh no. I mean <laughs> No, it felt it felt really good. Um it's from my heart. Um it's tough to admit those type of things, you know, woman to woman, right? It's not easy. But um thank you for honoring me with listening and receiving. I appreciate you for that. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's why I, I appreciate you opening up like that. Yeah. But I do want to just ask you, like, how did you feel back then? Like, I kind of opened up about just simply like that was a scary moment for me when you arrived in that car for the first time to, you know, when we were introduced to one another. How did you feel I was dealing with my emotions early on? And was it apparent that I was struggling to you? I don't recall it being a parent that you struggled with it. Um, but that, again, that could be me. I, I do remember not feeling like there was some bad juju when I saw you. And, and I'm, I'm real big on that. Bad juju means, hey, stay with that individual. I got time for that. Right? Right. Um, I did not feel that with you when I first met you. Um, so, but more importantly, I was already at a point where, again, this was not my first uh, marriage. Right. Yes, so I yes. had already had experiences with a stepmom for my kids. So I, the rules of engagement were already in play. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and if nothing more, stay cordial until you show me you know, your true colors. If, if your true colors state that you, you know, that this isn't going to be a, a positive experience, then you know, I will find my way um, out of that situation. So um, I'll say that, no, I don't feel like it was apparent in any way. Okay. Well, see, that's because you were, um, like I said, I think, and I think I love that you said that you had this experience because just to be clear, Fatima and I were, we're we, I was 25. So Fatima was a lot more uh, mature. I was a lot more immature as far as just on a motherhood journey. Right. Um, and I feel like irregardless of even how I was showing up, I feel like you still tried to see me as a mother on a journey. Right. Oh, of course. Was, yeah. Yeah. Cause I was new and, um, trying to figure it out. Um, but you know, I, you know, what sort of why I wanted to have this conversation um, was just because I see it as a real struggle. I see it as a real struggle. And, it, and it's honestly been a struggle for me. Not that there was anything I could never say in a million years, there was anything about you that I didn't like, right? You showed up as just the ideal mom from my lens, right? You have mothered um, four beautiful children. Um, every time Lena had any, my daughter had any experience with you, it was always enriching. She always was more uplifted. Um, so it was just um, a beautiful experience that I um, was able to witness. But at the same time, I'm still thinking like, I'm barely getting this crap right. Like I'm making a thousand and one mistakes as a mom. And she comes back like, you know, 
like I had such a good time with the team and she took me and I'm like, yo, I'm just like, can I get the laundry together? Like, my gosh, <laughs> for real. So what, what would you say? Because, I, you know, I really do admire how you did it. How would you recommend women better nap? Like, how would you recommend a woman to sort of um, enter into a situation first and foremost? And the position that you did, you came in, you married a brother that had a child with a with a previous wife. What were some rules of engagement you mentioned that you kind of follow and what would you recommend? So I think uh, for me personally, um, and I think we talked about this before, I had to make a decision uh, when we got married on what I was going to put my energy into. Um, and at the time, of course, I needed to focus on my marriage um, this relationship, I needed to focus on this new dynamic of my children who were, um, three of them were teenagers, right? And that's a whole stage in itself. Um, and that dynamic with my husband and then my relationship with Lena. Um, and that had to, that had to be my, my priority at the time. Um, and with that, you tend to, that they say, you know, if you focus on yourself, you won't be worried about anybody else. And I think that's pretty much what I live by in that. Like, I got too much stuff to worry about on my own to be trying to figure out, you know, is she mad about this? How does she see me? How does she not see me? (laughs) It's a lot of energy. It's a lot of energy. So um, I don't know if that quite answered the question, but um, I think that's just something that I live by. Like, you know, I got more things to do than to assume or make assumptions about something that I don't know about. So would you say that would be one of the rules of engagement that you would recommend is don't assume? Uh, all don't day. Assume. Yeah. All day. And not even in this new type of dynamic. Um, I think in life, that's where the whispers of shaitan come in, right? You right. be in your head all day trying to analyze and rationalize, you know, behaviors or, or people's intent um, yeah. as opposed to let them show you what they are. Just let them show you what they are and take note. Yeah. Take a mental note. That's who that's who I'm dealing with. Okay, I, I might need to shift my approach depending on you know the individual um, and how they are representing themselves. Yeah, you mentioned though, Fatima. I just want to ask you real talk. You mentioned that you didn't notice any bad juju from me. So I guess like overall, you know, I mean, my I guess my energy wasn't too rough, right? So how did you differentiate between? Um, times where I know I withdrew, like maybe I wasn't as pleasant or whatever the case may have you. And again, this is my experience. I don't know if you experienced me that way. How did you, did you sort of in your mind just sort of, I don't want to say dismiss it, but again, like you said, focus in on just your situation, didn't focus on that. Did you observe that at times just during over the course of the 10 years? I, not a, uh, go ahead. no, I would say I probably did unconsciously. Um, but again, I didn't let it consume me in any way, shape or form. Um, you know, we talked about the experiences and, 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 and a maturity level, right. Right. Um, and I had to take into account your, you know, your experiences. I had already seen that. So you're still trying to work through what that looks like or how you should engage, um, that, that was for you to come to that realization. And then we could have that conversation. Cause I think one thing that I've always done over the last 10 years is stay open to it. Um, yeah. you know, and, and that's all I can do. And then when you're yeah. ready, you'll, you know, make that move. So, uh, that would probably be my answer for that. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted to hear something um, from the audience and say, what an amazing manifestation of personal growth um, to express your emotions and share it with your co-mother and sister in Islam. And this is an amazing dynamic to share. Thank you, sisters, for um, engaging with us. Um, all right. So now let's just talk about um just the journey, just the journey of, now you mentioned something when we were talking and, um, and I wanted to ask you about it, parallel parenting versus co-parenting. So do you feel like we engaged more so in co-parenting and I'll break it down a minute for the audience or parallel par- parenting during those 10 years? I was definitely parallel parenting. Okay. And definitely parallel parenting. Give some context to why you felt it was more so parallel parent parenting over co-parenting? I think because we never had a conversation. 
about it. We never said, these are my expectations. Uh, this is what I want or need um, or anything of that nature. So at that rate, I am um, over at my house doing my thing. You were at your house doing your thing. Um, and alhamdulillah, it never came to a point where those two were ever, you know, you know, bumped into each other. But so it was, it was definitely parallel parenting. You know, we yeah. had, our, you know, my husband and I had our own conversations about how we were, we were going to engage um, in certain things, but it was never the three of us. It was never you and I or anything like that. So I don't know if you want to give them some context on the difference between the two that might. Yeah, you know, to be honest with you, um, Fatima, when you, when we were talking and you mentioned parallel parenting, it kind of paused me. Now I've heard of parallel parenting, but when I went back and just did some research, it was used in cases where this is where I was like, I don't know if we parallel parented because they said it's used in cases where there's some sort of hostility where there's some sort of like, okay, the parent, you know, where there's like, we can't get along. So we're going to do our thing, do our thing. But how you just explained it, that does make sense. Cause you're right. We never had a conversation at all. We never all sat down and, and decided how we were going to, you know, all together parent the child. We were kind of doing our things on, um, in our own homes. Um, so co-parenting is, you know, obviously when everybody comes together, there's a lot of dialogue and conversation and there's just some aspect of parenting the child together. I still call Fatima my co-mom, even though it was, she, I guess she's my parallel mom, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but because I'm like, she, she raised my kid, but, um, but yeah. And in parallel parenting, as Fatima mentioned is, is when you're doing two separate things, there's no sort of conjunction or coming together. Um, do you feel like that worked for us? I think it worked probably just because of our personalities. Um, I think that, you know, because we were at different stages in our lives, you know, how we kind of went about things worked in, in our favor. But yeah. I think to your point, a lot of times parallel parenting is put into place because everybody's not on the same page. Um, there might be hostility there. It, look, and, and to be frank, you know, everybody's got to look crazy in them, right? Um, <laughs> and and it's really about finding somebody that can handle your level of crazy. Um, and sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, oh. And, and I think we've all heard stories where it didn't work. Um, and that new, you know, dynamic ended up being um, a, a very negative uh, dynamic. And, it, and you end up doing having to, you know, counteract everything that happens over at the other, you know, place and then trying to, you know, undo all the things that have been said. Right. Um, so it it worked for us, but it didn't have to be that way. I'll say that um, yeah. It, yeah, it has to be that way for some people. Yeah, I agree 100 percent. I think in retrospect, I wish there was a lot more co-parenting that happened. Um, because, you know, it's, it's interesting. I was talking about this with a friend and I said, you know, one of the best ways that a mother really, especially if she's just not introspective enough during this journey, um, is you look at your kid as your child grows and transforms and you see, is this working for that kid? And I can promise you it's not. And one of the things for team I wanted to bring up, because I think this is just such an important point is, you know, in dialogues with a lot of women. And even as I'm sharing this content, the feedback I'm getting back is sometimes it's like, oh, it can, yeah, you can definitely get along with your bonus mom or your co-mom, as long as, you know, you don't have a toxic partner, or as long as the man's not, you know, this and that. And it's like, when do we take that ownership? I think you and I had a conversation, sister to sister, woman to woman, where really it has nothing that that's kind of irrelevant to two women coming together, knowing that they are pretty much serving in the role of, of the same role as a mother to that child when that child is in their care. Um, and so I really um, have been really reflective of this um, and just how, what our ownership and what our part is in this. Um, and like I said, I saw the effect um, on Lena of just the, the miscommunication and sometimes the, you know, not really always being on the same page, like you said, and, and her just kind of being stuck there right you know um so i don't you know what what are some of your reflections even just as a mom of how how this impacts the children how does parallel parenting or even just not being on the same page affect the children i, I mean let me let me say this i don't know if it's 
at the stage of, of a child or not, but I think we all have baggage. Um, and we bring that baggage into our next relationships and what we saw as normal growing up dictated how we made decisions as we became adults. Um, so it's important that the children see what uh, a healthy relationship looks like, what open communication looks like, so that when they do come across those kind of situations, they know how to handle it. Um, yeah. And I, I'll take my own situation um, into account. My mother, which by the way, is her birthday. Happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday, mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, she, was, she was very, very thoughtful and, um, and aware of the impact that our relationships had when we were younger. So I have two older sisters in California um, and we all have the same father. And when my mother got divorced, she made it, um, made an effort to make sure that we had a relationship. And so I grew up knowing my sisters in California and that could have gone the other way. And I've seen it so many times and you'd like, you know, you abandoned me, you know, you weren't there for me. No, you know, somebody didn't want you to have that relationship. Um, so that helped me as my children got older and I was put in that situation to say, okay, how, what do I want my children? And do I need to make sure that they understand if they're ever in a situation, they, they want it to be fruitful and how, what does fruitful look like? If, if negativity is all you see, then when you see negativity as an adult, you're like, oh, that's normal. That makes sense, right? right? Um, but if you see if you see success, you're like, oh, that's success. Sky's the limit. I can do this, you know. And and it and it spans across not just relationships but decisions in general. And it's a skill set that's learned, but it's learned young. And so a lot of the stuff that we do, we need to make sure that we are um, being mindful of how it impacts and what the child sees in that yep. that situation. So, absolutely, hundred percent. That's powerful. That's really powerful. And shout out to mom. Um, I'm going to pull in a comment really quickly from Sister Yasmin. She said, sometimes co-mamas hope the child will choose one parent over the other to feel empowered. This is one of the hardest struggles of co-parenting. Wondering if you all ever experienced this. Um, so it's a question, actually. Um, I can start um, 100%. Yes, I will admit that that's a lot of the feelings. Um, not necessarily sure if I felt that more so to the team or to um, just trying to be chosen over her father, right? That's a real thing. You know what I mean? That a lot of times um, um, as mothers, um, it takes a lot of ownership to own that that is something that, you know, we may, may struggle with, right? Um, wanting to be chosen. Um, so I definitely um, have struggled with that at times. I don't know, Fatima, if you want to share. It don't have to be us. I mean, maybe just your yeah, no. whole life experience. No. So my take, my take on that was, um, and with Lena specifically, when she was young, so when we got married, she was three, about yeah. three, three and a half, right? She was baby yeah, still. Was um, and I remember trying to figure out, like, you know, how do you, you know, how do you kind of act? I, I don't want her to feel like I'm trying to take you know, your role. I don't want to be your mom. You have a mom. Um, and I remember a situation where she just, um, she didn't do very well with breakfast. She had to be somewhere. She wasn't more in person. She was like, this is not working for me. And, <laughs> and I'm like, Lena, like we're having a whole conversation. Like I was like, you can't go anywhere unless you eat. And she was just like, no, like I I'm not feeling it. And she broke down. She started crying and she threw up. And I was like, oh my gosh, how are you throwing up? You didn't even eat anything yet, right? And I'm, contem <laughs> I'm contemplating this little three-year-old trying to understand what's going on. Like, and I'm assuming that you may have had, you know, dealt with that differently, but she didn't want to eat or she was still, you know, trying to wake herself up. And at that moment, I had to make a decision. How was I going to show up for her? Um, and that as a three-year-old, she doesn't know the difference between the love from her mother, the love from her father, the love from me. She just knows love and that she needs right. that. And right. so I had to decide, okay, we're going to have our own relationship. And it's mm -hmm. going to be based on my want for love um, for you the way that I love my children. Mm 
the way that I would assume that you would want love for her. Um, so it it didn't, it was never a, a competition or to try to see, okay, maybe if I give her more, she'll open up to me more. It wasn't, it was never that. It was just, you know, give her what I have and let her make a decision on how she sees me and how our relationship grows. Mm. So, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And it definitely has um, worked out beautifully because of the relationship that you guys have now. That's mm-hmm. very special. Um, so my just getting into forgiveness, getting into forgiveness. So we know that there's a great power in forgiveness. It's empowering to let go, um, even if you're doing it just for your own benefit. Forgiveness means to release things that no longer serve you and to choose to remove yourself from being anchored in past pain and choosing instead to live optimistically in the future. So let's talk a little bit about just forgiveness in this process as two moms, um, forgiving one another. I know that um, I've, I've had to say my apologies for the part that I played. Um, and I know we had that kind of intimate discussion. Um, how, what, what are your thoughts just about forgiveness as it relates to the relationship between two co-mamas or parallel mamas? Um, I think it's important. I think that um, it starts with forgiveness of self, right? That we are not perfect and we are always trying to do better than we did just the day before. Um, And if you keep that in mind, we're open to the possibilities of changing any, um, anything that happened in the past, right? The past is the past. Um, But if we are open enough to forgive first ourselves and then say, okay, I'm going to make a concerted effort to do something different, then, you know, mashallah, you know, that's where the barakah and the blessings come in um, because you, you own the fact that you don't know everything. We don't know anything, to be honest, right? (laughs) I said it to myself all the time. And so for women in, in specifically, um, we are harder on ourselves. And we don't have open discussions and conversations about the things that um, we're dealing with, you know. Um, and, I, and you and I spoke about that. Just saying something out loud, it's like, ooh, that sounded crazy when I said it. Right. Let me rethink right. that, right? Um, or what? How how factual is the thing that I'm thinking? You know, what part did I play in that? You know, what do? How can I internally look and say, okay, I need to work on me first. Um, so that I can be better for everybody else around me and give value to those conversations or to those experiences. That would be my take on or thoughts on that. Yeah, that's really powerful. Because especially when you're talking about it starts with ourselves. because I noticed just even, even in my own journey that it was really hard to exercise forgiveness or, or, or be open to forgiveness with others until I was able to kind of come to terms with myself. And a lot of just the journey of co-parenting um, with, with you guys was just about, there was so much judgment that I had on myself, right? So many issues I was dealing with myself. I was literally like projecting that back out, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. forgiving myself for all of it. It's just, um, it's such, it's such an incredible process. Um, but, you know, this is a, this is a communal issue. Fatima, this is a communal issue. And our community really suffers from, like you said, it's not even having the dialogue, not even saying it out loud, and not even being self-aware of like what we're really feeling. Like you said, is it the truth? I hear it so many times women say, Well, I, you know, I don't think I could do that because I have a narcissistic partner, I have a toxic partner. And it's like sometimes I, I wonder and I just say, I'm not trying to challenge that narrative or if that's what you believe. However, you really do have to be introspective of the language that we're using as it relates to our exes, the people that we had children with, you know, and it's not to negate anybody that's been in abusive situations or anything like that. But it's just there's so much power in our language that we use with one another. And is it the truth? Is it the truth? That's that's what I want to know. Um, I mean, I really want to just talk about that, like as it relates to but let's talk for a second on a communal level. Um, as women, 
Okay. Do you feel like a lot of times, first of all, let me just ask you a for real question. Do you feel like women have an issue with using their children as a tool against the father? A lot of times when we're stuck in these narratives of being hurt or feeling like our partners are this or that, do you feel like that's a communal a issue that we have in our community? I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I don't okay. necessarily know if it's um, specific to the mothers. Um, okay. I think it's on both sides, um, mm. and it's more of that um, that fight or flight kind yeah. of mentality, and getting up against the wall and trying to fight your way out, um, and using any tools that you possibly can use to gain some kind of power or control over a situation, um, and the easiest thing to do is use your children because they are under your, you know, your watch. Right. Um, so it, it's easier to lend, you know, lean on that as, as an excuse or a way to kind of see if you can gain power. So it's, 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 it's across the board. Um, and I think, you know, you and I had a conversation about that on a, on a communal level, whether it's our people, um, specifically our people, right. <clears throat> I think yeah. we struggle with PTSD, Right. We struggle. We're we're all trying to just make it. Um, And that is creating this baggage. And and that baggage is is being moved from one place to another. And we never really heal. We never really heal. Um, So that that it's it's sad. It's sad. But it's not something that's irreversible. You know, mm-hmm. there's things that can be done. And part of that is, again, having those conversations, being very honest with yourself about where you are and what it is that you want to accomplish. Um, you know, I think what has probably happened, even with us specifically, consciously or unconsciously, was that um, the goal was was Lena's, you know, the making sure that Lena was OK. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And if that is the goal, it will dictate our actions. It will dictate how we, you know, think about things to make sure that she is taken care of no matter what the situation is. That I think sometimes get lost, um, gets lost in relationships or, 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 you know, divorce where there's still a lot of hurt. There's not a lot of healing going on. So we are we're taking things and putting them in the wrong places um, and, and no, don't know why. Like, why? Well, why is this not working? Well, it's because it shouldn't be there. Right, you try right. to put a square peg in a round hole, right? It's just it's not gonna work. Right. Um, so you got to figure out where's where the piece that fits this. Right. So I think that mm. that's probably my take. Mm. What's yeah. yours? Let's- <laughs> I mean, it's girl. Um, but <laughs> but you know, it's interesting because um, I get you know I get so many so many feedback on these podcasts and on these episodes, and I get to hear. Sometimes, you know, people are really struggling with and going through and, um, you know, there, there is. Um, and, and again, I, I really appreciate you for saying it's on both sides because it is it is right. Um, I, I do want to talk to us as moms just for a minute. Um, I'm sure there's so many things that the dads do that we can name and pick. And that's for another day. Right. But I do notice um, just that as, as mothers, sometimes we, we do tend to struggle with creating labels and narratives, especially um, on the men that we um, had children with, the men that we were married to and, and such. Um, and we like to run with that. And the problem with that, when we run with that, when they are the fathers of our children, is that we will project that out and it now becomes something that is potentially in our minds, we can create um, a narrative that our children are going to be harmed in some way if we don't exert this control or if we don't maintain this power. And it's, it's a lie, you know, and, and I really want to, um, as a community, I really, it's uncomfortable. I admit I, it's uncomfortable because it's hard to stop for a minute and think about, okay, this person did this, 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 that, you know, he was toxic. He was narcissistic, whatever it is, these labels that I hear so often, it's really important. I think as women that we take a moment and just really try to release that because it really projects out and bleeds out on our children. So I do think, you know, that I see that and I do see that in our community, like you said, as our, our people, as, as Black people. And I don't know, um, I recently I watched, I shared this on a live I just did, Jada Pinkett's Red Table Talk. I don't know if you ever watch it. 
I know you're not on Facebook, but I've, do you watch it? Okay. I've seen yeah. a couple snippets here and there, but no, I haven't seen a whole episode of it. The Entanglement one, you might have seen that snippet. I saw the stuff going on, but yes, I, I got the gist of what was happening there. This is an episode on um, sisterhood, and it was this powerful statement made, um, and I've used it a lot now, which is a lot of times as Black women, we've been sort of conditioned to choose survival over sisterhood right to stay in that survival survival of the fittest it's only one of us only one of us can be the great mom the ideal mom the chosen one right which is a sort of notion that we have um as 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 a as a result of the oppression and the onslaught that has been done to us um and so it, it really it really is something powerful to be said when we can actually take a look at some of these narratives that we create and decide if they are in fact true or not and how it impacts our children. So that's sort of my take. Uh, it's uncomfortable, but it, it's, I feel like it's, it's important that as women, we begin to have these type of real conversations. Definitely. definitely. I think there's a, there's a, a, a book, a very small book. It's probably about 40 pages written in the sixties okay. by this man. And it was called your greatest power. Mm. And the whole concept of the book is that you can choose different. You can choose positivity. You can choose the outcome by how you perceive the situation. Um, and a lot of the times we create these barriers that don't need to be there. Um, and, and we guard ourselves in a way that keeps us from being um, successful. And we are always in the survival mode and we put ourselves in a survival mode. And it doesn't need to be. Like, we should all... Like, I feel like um, I need you to be awesome as a mom so I can be awesome as a mom so she could be awesome as a mom because we awesome. <laughs> it, it, it's that simple. Like, I get no joy and we can't get any joy out of you not being healthy and happy, right? Yeah. Um, because we are the mothers of these children. So if we're their first teacher, what does that look like for them? If we're damaged and we can't get our lives together, they're gonna be damaged and then their kids are gonna be damaged. And now you got a perpetual cycle. Exactly. So it's really deciding that I want the best for you. I wanna make sure that you are awesome and whatever I need to do to make that happen, I'm gonna do my part because I need you to be awesome too. Cause if you're not, then what are we, what are we doing, right? That's where you have those problems and parallel parenting has to come into play, um, not because you want it, but because you need it because there's some things that you can't seem to get um, get on the same page with. Mm -hmm. So we as women have to do better. We, we have yeah. to do better. There's no reason for us not to want to do better. Uh, we right. have the power and we have the strength that's necessary to do better. So, yeah. you know, what does that look like and how do we make that happen? I think yeah. in, I wanna go back a little bit. Um, yeah. I know you had um, on one of your talks with um, Sister Ziada, and you guys were talking about, um, you know, her son going to live with her father, with his yeah. father, right? And that, to me, it resonated so much, and I know you and I had this conversation too, about what that looks like for us as mothers. When you when you're like, oh, like, is my kid gonna be mad at me later on because <laughs> I, you know, I gave them a and that in itself is, is a problem because we are all in this together. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that because my child is with her father and she's getting a different perspective that it's bad or that I'm, I have failed as a parent because I wasn't there every day and every night, you know, waking up in the middle of the night um, and for, you know the the simplest part of it a lot of that stuff you know like all that screaming hollering running around tearing up house. like torment <laughs> myself unnecessarily to be honest with you right <laughs> so you, you i mean we're putting this pressure on ourselves yep. for what reason for what reason and we've got to do better with that um and understanding that we all play a part in this and we have to do it together in order for uh, all of us to be successful we can't stay in these these um bubbles um, thinking that we can solve the world by ourselves in our heads. So. <laughs> no, but for real, I mean, we talked about this off the camera, but um, this is that's a very real conversation. And I, you know, I'm guilty because in my mind as a mom, 
I was like, if I, if my, my daughter's going to hate me when she gets older, if I am not, like you said, not there every single day as this mom, as when I, cause when I open up that letter to you, it's like this ideal we create in our head, which is a, a, a societal pressure on us as women that I don't even know. Is that really the way that the prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam modeled? Um, is that what we saw during that time of motherhood? No, it was more of a village sort of raising the child. And, it, you know, that really what what we're kind of holding on to, what I kind of held on is an ideal that I'm not even sure is from our faith. However, it's like that's what, what you just said is so true. And that's what I'm not going to I still struggle with it. Right. I, it is such a struggle. And um, and you're right. It's it, it. Why is that? Does that have to be because my child's father, who's the equal parent, right? Mother, father, nobody's above the other. Right. Why? What is what is being diminished is that child, that father is raising that child, just like if you are raising the child. Right. Like where where do we feel like we have done something like abandon, um, abandon our child or done something wrong? So you're right. It's also a burden we put on ourselves. Where do you think that comes from? You think it comes from like Western ideals or I mean, what? Girl, I don't know. I don't know. But it, 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 it's it's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> it, no, I struggle with thing. it. I don't I don't even know if I can honestly say today, if I don't raise my kids every day, if I'll feel like a good mom. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't know if I could be real and, and I don't know. Yeah. But I, I mean, you got war scars for what? Like, for yeah. what? Like, no one's done it. And I think you made a good point that um, the cure is in our prophet, peace of us be upon him, the Sunnah and the Quran. We have all the answers there, but we, we want to solve for ourselves. Yeah. Why? Why? So look at those that um, have the companions of the prophet, peace of us be upon him. Those that had these same experiences and how they handled it, how they dealt with it. Um, and what's the legal rulings on certain things. Those things help guide us so we're not out here trying to figure it out ourselves. There's no reason for us to do that. Right. There's no reason for us to do We have examples. We have examples of, of positive, you know, women that work together, you know, to raise children. We, we have that. Why are we acting like this is the first time we've seen it? And, and, and to, uh, you know, and on top of that, you know, we spoke about this too. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine about um, her son and he was at a stage where you know he was getting to a point where he was probably going to start doing some things that were going to be detrimental to him he's still mm -hmm. young right and mm -hmm. she was you know trying to de decide you know what were her, her next steps and you know what should she do and i said why do we feel like we have to solve this stuff alone instead of bringing in people with experience or bringing in experts to say, okay, I've went to school for, you know, 15 years just to learn about childhood, early childhood development, or yeah. I've done research yeah. and theses on, you know, the specific area that your child might struggle with. Why are we trying to solve it for by ourselves? Why? Yeah. What are we getting yeah. from that? We're recreating the wheel for what? What's, what's the goal? What's the yeah. benefit? So I might be on a tangent, but I think that's just something that no. we really got to answer for ourselves. Yeah, yeah, you're and I think right. It, right. And I think as Black women, we feel like we have to do that. Why do we feel like we have to take on that burden of recreating the wheel every time in order to figure this out? Yeah, and why do we feel like we got to do it on our own? You know what I mean? Why do we feel like, and you're right, why do we feel like that? It is, let's keep it 100. It is hard as you know what to be a single mom, okay? Or to be out here trying to raise these children, acting like you don't need nothing. <laughs> and it's, no, it's like, it's like, so it's like, why do we feel like, you're right, we have to, we have to show up that way. I'm gonna catch up with a couple comments because we had quite a bit, so team, I'm gonna share some. Um, Yasmin, she said, sometimes we are choosing unconsciously due to the impact on our memories and souls as a result of enslavement in a society built on that. Mm -hmm. Powerful. Mm -hmm. okay. Sister Nadira said, men and women alike need to be healthy. Mental health is real. Some folks need medicine or therapy. Certain behaviors and patterns are not okay for children to be exposed. Right. Agreed. 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 Yeah. 
Um, and such a beautiful conversation from two beautiful mothers. I've been on both sides before as the mom and the stepmom. So I'm definitely taking notes and going to do better. Inshallah. <laughs> um, you know, one thing, Fatima, you know, um, just, you know, you were okay, a single mom and you were, I, I don't know, but when you met, you know, um, the brother, the, my, <laughs> your husband, your now husband, I don't know if we're going to say his name or not, y'all, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but when you met your now husband, um, you know, one of the things I hear a lot women advise, you know, single women, girl, make sure he don't got no baby mama drama. Right. And it's like, oh, he got baby mama drama. Keep, you know, stay away from that. What do you what do you think about that? That piece of advice um, as a woman that kind of went through that experience? Is that good advice that we give one another um, about baby mama drama? Yeah, like if it's if it's drama, if we feel like there's something there, we like, mm mm, we not we not don't don't mess with him. <laughs> I think I you have. It's funny because um, regardless of the situation, I think everybody that has gotten into you know gotten to a new marriage um, or remarried, um, mm -hmm. there's always the perception of that individual on what worked, didn't work, and stuff like that. Um, you know, alhamdulillah we he and i had some real serious conversations at the beginning because mm -hmm. i had children already and you know what was that relationship going to look like with their father um and then there was lena and i remember it was so funny and and take with a grain of salt because i think we laughed about it and that's one of the things like we don't have to say his name that's my bestie like yo like we we rock and <laughs> I remember saying, oh, when I think we first met, I was like, oh, I have four children. He was like, okay. And I was like, don't bother you? He was like, I mean, they're not mine. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I was like, well, gee whiz, bro. Like, you, you know. know. <laughs> but, I don't want to I don't care about the kids, y'all. I don't know why people think that. <laughs> At least in our so, community. Uh, it, it was it was that but again it was me saying okay you know is he going to accept me with four children you know is he yeah. going to understand you know the dynamic of you know their father and me um and the same thing with you and you know kind of going back to it we also had a conversation like you know what what happened you know what's your perception of what happened in that marriage um and he yeah. gave me his perception it is up to the, the 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 new person to make a decision on if they're going to take that information and let that be their only source mm, um, to make a make mm -hmm. a, a judgment about this other individual, or do you reach out and get their side? Mm -hmm. um, you know that's important to note. But I say all this, and it might sound simple for some people, but again, there's a maturity level that goes along with that. You know, even saying, oh, I'm gonna reach out to the sister, you know, find out if she really a little hoo-hoo, right? <laughs> um, you know, so it, it's not as easy as it sounds. I, I don't wanna ever make it seem like it is. Cause, uh, it's right, <laughs> it is not, it's not easy, it's not easy, yeah. <laughs> it definitely is not. Um, so what Sister Naisha says, and I'm sorry, I'm catching up with some of the comments that I can't see, which is on my page. She said the toll that has ba that that baby mama drama can have on you, your life and body is real. Don't overlook it, but Allahu Alam. And I think that's basically what you said is it's just not it's not easy. And I love that you said maturity level plays a part. And you and I had that just honest conversation because, you know, I was 25. It was my first kid in. I had never seen it modeled at that, you know, at that time, my parents were, had been married my whole life. Um, I had not seen a divorce um, up close and personal and co-parenting and all that. So, you know, in addition to immaturity with my age, it was also like just no experience. Right. Um, but I really um, at the same time, one don't want to um, underestimate just the challenge that, you know, that comes along with trying to push beyond your insecurities. Um, some people even struggle, you know, with jealousy um, and parent and level on that kid. Like, mm -hmm. but it's not easy. It's not easy. So, um, yeah, I mean, um, so it was, it was definitely, like I said, it was definitely tough for me. But um, one thing, like I said, that 
always kept me grounded was how you loved Lena. <laughs> I didn't have to be in that house. I don't, you say you're parallel parent, parenting all you want, but I didn't have to, I didn't have to see anything to know what that impact has done for, you know, um, our child, the child that I share with, um, the child that I share with you guys. And um, I'm very thankful for it. I'm very mm -hmm. thankful for you choosing to love radically um, <laughs> despite anything else. So let's talk for a second. Um, and I know we got some questions, guys. Give me a second because we're about to talk about something that really means everything to me. But let's talk for a second about this girl we've been talking about, Lena. And um, so our, our baby girl, she's 14, right? Mm -hmm. Teenager now. And um, like I said, I just, I deeply appreciate um, the love that you've shown her. How has your, how has your experience been raising her? Um, she, I think she made, I'll, let me say this. She made it easy. Lena's a, a sweet, a sweet young lady. Um, and she's always been consistent in that. So I, I didn't, we didn't go through like, you know, attitudes and stuff, you know, the typical age stuff, you know, she's 14, teenagers, you know, yeah. will flip the mouth. He'd be like, what, what just happened? What did I'm I do something? Um, but in general, you know, even you can see that she was raised a certain way, even by you, like she's very respectful. Um, and you, you know, that's important because there's a lot of kids out here that boy need to get, you know, popped in their mouth because they have no respect. Right. Um, so it, she made it easy. She really is. She's a, she's a good kid. Um, and the, I think the difference with her and my other children is the fact that the maturity. So I was a teen mom. So trying to raise children at, you know, 17 years old is, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Just do what I say. Cause right. I said, do it. Right. Um, but with her, of course I'm older. So it's a different conversation and it's a conversation that I can have um, differently because I'm not her mother or her father. So it's just like, where are you at with this? Um, and, you know, I can be an advisor in a way to just say, you know, just take these things into account when you're trying to understand what you're seeing, you know, in this situation. So, um, and she's always been open to that. Um, and I, I modeled that off of how, I saw my kid's stepmom um, when their father got married. Um, they were, I don't know, probably like eight, nine, somewhere okay. around there, maybe a little older. Yeah, they were a little older than that. But um, uh, she was very loving to them. And I didn't feel threatened in any way, shape, or form. Once I realized that she was going to love them the way that I would love them, I allowed that relationship to grow the way that it needed to grow um, mm -hmm. and to make sure that they felt comfortable with going to her and having conversations with her and building a relationship with her the way that she they wanted to build that relationship. And I think that is festered, I mean, not festered, but it has um, manifested itself with Lena. Um, yeah. Our relationship is our relationship. It's not the relationship that you and her have, it's not the relationship that she has with her father. And so I appreciate that that you know after 10 years we're like okay so this is where we at okay all right <laughs> that's fine <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and you know to be honest with you Fadiba, sometimes low-key you know there's always aspects of parenting that you know you struggle with so there's some things i just was like did you ask fatima because i that's <laughs> <laughs> when you go over there now because I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but um, <laughs> one thing um, I think it was important for me to trust, irregardless of whatever insecurities or such I was feeling, one thing was important for me to trust is trust that you had her best interest in heart. So I knew that she could go to you and ask for advice and you would give the best advice. I knew that um you were you were going to model to her the best example that's what I saw every time she came back and to be honest with you it never really was a question even from day one you know how sometimes um in some situations you know some people may try to see what you know let me try to find you know even if I can't see that something's wrong with you let me try to find by giving a child 99 questions um that was something that I really never felt 
well, I need to do with you. And um, mm-hmm. that is just from, like I said, how you showed up from day one with her. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. Lena, she's, she's definitely a special child. And I was telling you, you know, that she really has developed, I feel like very recently and a lot more, because um, she used to struggle with, um, she used to struggle with expressing herself. Like you mentioned, she used to just break down and cry, you know, instead of communicating. She had a tr- trouble with that. And I might have been as, as a result of, I don't know, what was happening in the dynamic of parallel parenting, you know. Um, but I see a major difference now with her um, being able to communicate her feelings and say how she felt and I say how she feels. Excuse me. Um, have you noticed that change or? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's fun, actually. And she'll tell you and, I, and anybody will tell you I don't really like teenagers. I don't. I don't like the stage. It, it's just. <laughs> They're they're annoying and they're they're quiet and they give one word answers and it's like oh come on really right. can I can I get right. a real answer um, so I I like the fact that she's now at a point where she's starting to understand her emotions and she's not projecting what she thinks you want to see or what she thinks her father wants to see it's how she feels mm-hmm. and then that way if as long as she's able to communicate her feelings you can have a discussion all day and decide, all right, again, valid, not valid. Does that make sense? Not make sense. How yeah. true is what you're feeling about this situation? Um, and the earlier that you know the kids can do that, the better they'll be once they get to a point where mommy and daddy aren't around and they've got to figure this out themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but yeah, I love, I love the stage where she's at right now. It's fun. Yeah. It's but again, hard. I've already been there and I know that she's only 14. So. I'm like, ooh, yeah, let's, let's wait till. Yeah, I need to still stay buckled. I need to be yeah. buckled. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah okay. <laughs> I thought I arrived. I'm like, okay. <laughs> no, have fun with that. Enjoy it. SubhanAllah. Well, we have, uh, we're segueing to pretty much the end of this conversation. If anyone has any questions, now's a good time to ask. Most of the feedback, people are really saying how much this is helping them and how much they want to try to use some of these strategies with their own children. Um, someone said being accepted when you have kids can be a trial. She, I think she was talking about the courting process. Um, mm-hmm. I appreciate that you said that because that's really a real emotion that we feel um, as mothers when we have children and we're wondering if we're going to be accepted and, and, and also if we're going to be able to accept what they bring to the table. Um, while we have one, I do have a question for you. Do you have any advice um, as it relates to um, women that are on that journey with a brother that has children from a previous situation? What is some advice that you can give um, women to navigate that a little bit better? I think um, the first thing that I would always say is um, it really kind of identify the rules of engagement. Yeah. Identify the the parameters around how you want this relationship to be um, and what's comfortable for all parties, right? Um, you know, some people aren't okay with having open conversations. They're like, I don't want to have anything to do with you, right? right. What does that look like? Um, but establishing those rules of engagement are very, very important from the beginning. Um, you know, one thing we didn't talk about um, that you know what went well or what went wrong. Not that anything went wrong, but one of the things that we should have done earlier was have a conversation, get some ground rules, and make a determination on what is it that we want to see, how we want it to be, um, and boundaries. Boundaries, very very important, right? Establish important. those, establish those, have those open conversations. Um, you know, as as mothers. Yeah. As parents, you know, find that commonality to really kind of open up that discussion to figure out, all right, what are we going to do? Right. Yeah. Let's not let's not let it just kind of happen, but really kind of be um, aware and con- concerned about our efforts um, in making it be what we want it to be. And if it's right. different from what we've seen, that's this is the perfect time to make that happen. Absolutely. You know? If it's Absolutely. all rainbows and sunshine, that's, that's fine. Let's figure out what rainbows and sunshine looks like. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And people get really scared about boundaries. I was just sharing this with the with, with someone um, today, but um, bound, people get really nervous about boundaries, but boundaries is all about respect. And it really is about a mutual respect. 
Um, having boundaries is so, so, so important as you navigate this new, this new space. And I would just say advice to women that are um, um, mothers of, of biological mothers of those children as they're navigating their um, ex-husbands or um, ex-companions remarrying. Um, I would just really, really, really strongly um, constantly self-evaluate your feelings and really try to put labels to your emotions and your feelings that you're feeling so that you, if you know that before you project out some of your insecurities or, or feelings of unworthiness or, or, or jealousy or whatever that may be that you've done some sort of self-analysis with that because the biggest thing is going to be your mindset the biggest thing is going to be your mindset some more practical things is just i echo what fatima said is just being open to having those dialogues and those conversations and just having an open mind um, so that those sort of um, boundaries can be set in place perhaps you're not at a place where you're comfortable with having a you know relationship with a new woman some women just aren't there yet but that it still does not take away from the importance of having those early conversations and getting some things squared away. Um, so I echo that. There's a quick question, Fatima, from the audience. Was building a relationship with your new husband complicated by having to build a relationship with his children simultaneously? Simultaneously. Was it was it difficult? Mm -hmm. Was it complicated? Did it did it call? Yeah. To it try was to build it was interesting it was interesting because you know what and i didn't realize this until that question came out that there was still that you know i'm like uh, i'm the new person right and when i tell you that the way this man looked at that girl it, it you can't like there's nothing and i'm like hey 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 i'm the wife I'm right <laughs> i'm right here um and so early on it was really kind of finding a balance in that where it was trying to, you know, I wanted all of his attention, but when Lena came over, I needed to give him that ability to give her time. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember, I remember that. So it wasn't, it wasn't a struggle, but it was definitely a learning experience. Um, and I had to get out of my, my, my nuffs um, and really kind of like bow down and think about you, like this, this is about them. Um, so suck it up uh, <laughs> and go find something to do with yourself. Yeah, yeah. No, that's beautiful, though. That's beautiful, though. That's maybe something that people may not anticipate to they're in the situation of those sort of feelings of, like you said, when the baby comes over, it's like, you know, we're, you know, I don't know. Like, <laughs> the dynamic changes a little bit. That's interesting. Um, okay, we have another question and we're going to wrap up. Um, as the bonus mom, how do you get the children to have their own relationship as siblings? Uh, maybe maybe we could relate it to maybe Lena and your kids, maybe? Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I could answer that question for them. Um, but, you know, because there's four children, Lena mm -hmm. had an option. She had options and you kind of saw who she gravitated to the most um and her relationships with them and how they interact but i didn't i always i, I felt like i gave them an environment to explore that on their own again i don't need to dictate or control how you all interact or how you bond um your relationship is your relationship and whatever that relationship is um, is that relationship so that was i think just allowing the environment to um, be open enough for them to make those kind of connections and really kind of make a, a decision on how they're going to be. Um, yeah. So, yeah, okay. she has her favorite. I know she has her favorite. She has yeah. her favorite. <laughs> She does yeah. I, I don't know. She's never, she never told me that, but um, <laughs> I know. I know because I can tell when they're all together. I'm like, oh, okay, that's your favorite. I get it. I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Subhanallah. Well, I wanted to just um, give some honor. Um, this thank you so much, um, Fatina, Fatima, for coming on to the podcast first and foremost, and for just being willing to have this open dialogue with me about this topic. And to do it in a public way, thank you. I really appreciate you and honor you for coming mm -hmm. on um, to talk about this. But more importantly, more importantly, as I said before, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being such a light in my daughter's life. And um, it makes the job of raising her so much um, 
the weight so much lighter and the job <laughs> so much easier because I know that she, um, alhamdulillah, she has you to balance off, you know, when I'm, you know, my crazy, right? You know? <laughs> yeah, alhamdulillah. Thank you for having me on. Like, I appreciate the opportunity as well. Again, um, this is important for our communities to really kind of start these conversations. Um, and, and it doesn't need to be, you know, on camera all the time, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I know one of the things that one of my um, mentors told me a long time ago is you need a board of, a board of uh, directors. You need a whole board that's going, you need to reach out to for different things to help you when you come into a situation and stuff. It doesn't need to be the same person for everything. Certain people have more experience um, in those areas. Go to them and let them give you sound advice, right? Um, so we need that. We, we got to start developing our board, right? <laughs> our personal board. Absolutely. Thank you, Fatima. Um, And thank you to the audience. You guys were super loving and supportive. Um, Like I said, may Allah reward you both for this. You're an awesome, dope Muslim woman. Jazakallah, Gaiden, Sister Amir. Great conversation. Learned a lot. Thank you for your humility, Sister Nadir. Jazakallah, Gaiden. Hashima said, mashallah, this was so beautiful. Thank (laughs) you to everybody for honoring us by being here. Um, for participating in the dialogue and for just, we could feel your love through the screen and through as you're watching. So Jazakallah Kaiden to all of our family and friends watching and to everybody here. Um, I have a couple of quick announcements um, before we wrap up is that since this ends series one, we are entering into series two beginning next week. Heal Thyself, Heal Thy Community launches next week. We will launch with Sister Latifa Isan Ali. We will broach the topic of spiritual abuse. We are dealing with more wider communal issues as we dealt with more ourselves um, in our personal, interpersonal relationships in this series. The next series, we're dealing with more communal issues. So make sure you still join us Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Jazakallah Kaidan. Don't forget, like my sister just dropped the merch. Please support the podcast by purchasing an item from our store. It really does help keep the content going. May Allah bless all of you. May Allah bless you, Fatima, and your family. Jazakallah Kaidan. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum, everybody. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum.